Next Talk, sponsored by nexttalk.org, contains content of a mature nature. Parental guidance is advised. Welcome to Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim on AM630, The Word. Mandy is the author of Talk, and Kim is the director of Next Talk, a nonprofit organization helping parents cyber parent through open communication. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find our free video series and subscribe to our weekly podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk? Today we're starting a mini marriage series, The Midlife Crisis. How are we going to navigate through this thing? I know it wasn't something that was on my horizon. Um, I think coming from a family that was of divorce and it was just me and my mom, I never really thought much about things like the midlife crisis. It was just like a joke on midday television. But now being married and an adult and at this age of um, about 40, I'm seeing it a lot around me. And so today I'm excited because not that I'm excited that Mandy's not here. Don't get me wrong. But I'm excited that my husband Charles is back in the studio today for this mini marriage series. And then Matt and Mandy will be coming in to talk about this too, just about how we're walking through some of the changes that come in midlife. Yeah, I am a real life midlife crisis, <laughs> midlife crisis case study. You're a real life so midlife crisis. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a real life midlife crisis person right now in front of you on the radio. It's perfect. It yes. is. It really Thanks is. Thanks for being our guinea pig. You know what? No, no problem. That's what I'm here for. Let's start with the definition. Not that we don't know, but I thought it was interesting that there actually is in in the dictionary, like online dictionary, we don't have the big books anymore. But in the online dictionary, it was like noun, midlife crisis. Like it was so funny. So here's what it says. A midlife crisis is a transition of identity and self-confidence that can occur in middle-aged individuals, typically 45 to 64 years old. The phenomenon is described as a psychological crisis brought about by events that highlight a person's growing age, inevitable mortality, and possibly shortcomings of accomplishments in life. This may produce feelings of depression, remorse, and anxiety, or the desire to achieve youthfulness or make drastic changes to current lifestyle. I was like, check, yes, that is a good definition. Right. So like when I think of midlife crisis, I think of like a 50-year-old guy like in a red convertible. Yep. And since I can't afford a red convertible, <laughs> I was thinking, oh, maybe I don't have to go through a midlife crisis. So yes. this is fantastic. It's I can't only for afford rich one. people. Right. It is. <laughs> for uh, wh- those willing to go in deep debt. Right. I mean, <laughs> so it, and I don't want to get highlights in my hair and uh, or go to tanning salons. So it doesn't apply to me. Uh, <laughs> but this definition helps a lot because it does kind of talk about the inevitable mortality, like injuries that mm-hmm. I have now are now a part of my life. Yes. Sprained ankles now become a limp that I have forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just think that there's just some uh, some some awakening, some realizations that yeah. uh, are kind of happening as we get into this uh, this wonderful time. Well, I liked lives. what you said when, my, I, w- when we were discussing this topic and I said, you know, I think we'll call it midlife crisis. What do you think? And you're like, I think it's more like a midlife awakening. Right. Yeah, I think crisis is uh, is a little harsh. I think crisis is very subjective, right? Mm. It's, it's all on how you're going to like deal with this. Like sometimes when I open the fridge and there's no more creamer for my coffee, I feel like that's a crisis. That so you're crisis. right. It is very subjective. Yes, right. So again, a crisis for you might not be <laughs> the same crisis else. for you know 99% of the population <laughs> of the planet. So, but it's uh, but it's good. It's good, I think, to recognize these kind of things because like I don't have, I do not have, and will not have a red convertible. Right. Or, but it might manif- manifest itself in other ways. 
Well, and the thing here with Next Talk, we're always going back to open communication. We're always going back to healthy relationships with your kids and with your spouse. And this is one of those big deals that is happening for a lot of our friends, uh, a lot of people that we meet at events in different places in our workplace. And you can kind of see it. Like you watch marriages and you watch families and you hit this age about 40 40 years old and actually starting a little bit younger for some people. Mm -hmm. And it seems obvious, but what... What does that look like in a marriage? I think that's the point that we don't hear a lot about. I mean, I immediately start thinking about Botox for women. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you look different. Xanax, personal <laughs> trainers, the affair. like, And the rise in women mm -hmm. having affairs and leaving in the midlife is crazy to me. Like, right. shocking. Yeah, that's that's one of those, like, unexpected things we don't really hear about. It kind of goes against, like, the normal stereotypes. Yes. As far as affairs, we think of, like, men, you know, cheating with, like, this younger model-like person or, yes. or one of those lines. But it's really kind of across, it's like a 50-50 mm -hmm. uh, kind of a thing. And it happens mm -hmm. around this time. It does. It's so right. strange. So I was um, thinking about some of the, like, little, like, the social red flags that I think most of us could relate to. You start going into panic mode about your health. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like, I don't look the same. Like, things are sagging. Things aren't where they used to be. I, my heart, I think I have a heart condition. Oh, diabetes is an issue. Oh, you know, all of these things become much more real the older you get. Because when you're younger, you just kind of shake it off. You know, I think the physical, like what you're saying, like the sagging or the face or the Botox, I think that's very much a, a female a, in, um, I guess you could say interpretation or manifestation of this crisis. I think in general, like we talk about like differences between men and women. Yeah. I think when a woman looks into the mirror, the woman is going to initially look at all the things that's wrong right. and highlight all those things and focus on those things. So as you get older, there's going to be a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. Whereas like a man will look in the mirror and they'll highlight like that one thing that they really still have. Yes. You know, like, oh, I still got that nice eyebrow line you know <laughs> i'm just gonna roll with those eyebrows and so we can i think men have a better way of kind of dealing with the physical side of things although um, they say like that right about 40 45 is when the rise in men getting personal trainers and going back to the gym and now that i think goes back to not so much what we look like but what we're physically able to do oh interesting. and so yeah. when i go to the gym or when i go do like you know try to just play a game of basketball i initially want to go and see like all right after i warm up a little bit like how high can i jump in? Can I, can I still dunk a basketball? Mm. Can I, you know, or if I can't dunk a basketball, how high up can I get? Right. And then when I injure myself attempting to do that, <laughs> um, I, I get into Kim, like, I'm just me. like, okay, so I attempted to dunk a basketball today. And everybody's <laughs> like, why would you do that? Your 40-year-old pe people don't do that. True. And so you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't even attempt. But a part of that is like, man, that is a, that's a tough realization to go from, you know, your mid-20s to kind of being like, I guess, like at your physical peak or mm -hmm. maybe even younger, depending on like when you, you know, as guys, if, if you really were like an athlete growing up and, and you enjoyed physical activity, physical contact, that slides, that goes away. And I'm not nowhere near a professional athlete, right. but I do like to engage in physical activity and, uh, you know, the strength and the quickness, the speed, just the game itself is just not there anymore. Yeah. You know, that might lend, you know, guys to like, go get that personal trainer or yeah. go on some crazy, um, um, you know, Fitness diet kick. or I see billboards all the time. That's like got low testosterone. And then there's like a billboard of like some dude who's probably in his fifties, but he's chiseled. Yes. Right. And I'm like, well, that's not a natural 50 year old man. <laughs> <laughs> like that's just legal steroids. I'm pretty sure. I don't know how they're able to get around that. So, I mean, they're selling that. Right. I mean, and so yeah. it, it's not so much what the guys look like, but it's about their feeling. It's about that accomplishment. It's about, you know, when, and we do guys, especially pride ourselves on that physical ability and mm -hmm. what we can do mm -hmm. physically or what we can do 
you know, with our hands and those kind of things. And when that slips and that slides, some people are willing to go through um, some pretty extreme measures to kind of get those things back. Yeah, that's so true. Like the physical part of it, you know, for women and men, that's a really good point. It is different right. how we view it. So you're panicking about your health, you know, all of these things are happening. And then I know a lot of the questions that we have, have seen come up is, is this all there is? Why am I doing this? What am I doing? And when you start to have those kind of questions like, what is the point of this? Mm-hmm. You know, where is this going? Is this all I am capable of? It's just a lot of that self-reflection and mm-hmm. not always positive and not always going in the right direction. Um, you start comparing yourself to your more successful friends. More successful, again, being relative. Right. Like, I think they're more successful whether it's their career or what they're driving or whatever their family looks like or mm-hmm. what they're wearing. We compare, and that's a problem. Um, the sudden realization of exhaustion and passage of time. Those two together are a killer. Like, I'm exhausted, and time is flying by, and there's so much to do, and it's just kind of a difficult place to be when you have that moment. Like, I'm too tired to do all these things I still feel like need to be done. Yeah, I could see how that could translate into a crisis. Yeah. Especially when you f- if you're feeling, like, literally exhausted. Yeah. And you're also with the same feeling like, I got so much more to do. Or yeah. a few, at least I think I do. Or you there's know, so much more I wish I could do. I think, you know, from a dad and like a husband standpoint, you know, our need to provide oversees pretty much a lot of things that I that we do, or mm-hmm. at least that, that I do. Mm-hmm. Like it almost goes through like a check in my brain. Like every minute, waking minute that I have, does it benefit my family? Am, am I increasing my provisional ability as a parent mm-hmm. and as a husband? Mm-hmm. And... Some of that, when, as I'm getting older, I'm like, is there something that I need to do differently? Yeah. You know, as I approach this age, I mean, I, I'm a little too old to go back to school. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be a 40-something-year-old MD student, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not going to go and change. Well, maybe I will, but I don't want to have to go through, because I'm so tired already to have to go through a major career change to better provide for my family. It's just tiring to think about it. It is. It is exhausting. Mm-hmm. And then there's a little bit of a defeating purpose there. There's some, I guess you could say, like, there's a, that lack of energy. There's almost like, maybe almost like from the outside looking in, almost looking like some Somebody is depressed. Yes. Right. And yes. so that I think is more of that midlife crisis that guys my age are experiencing. It's not so much that red convertible or the model affair mm-hmm. kind of a thing. I think it, a lot of it is that just depletion of options yeah. and just kind of going with like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm, if, have I done enough? Mm-hmm. Am I doing enough? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm doing enough. Yeah. People say I need $3 million in the bank to retire comfortably. And I'm like, $3 million? How about 3000 <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. Like, I mean, we actually check all the boxes. Like, are my kids going to be able to go to college? Yeah. You know, I'm like, well, who put that in my brain? Like, my parents didn't give me money for college. Right. Right. But other people that I know do. Right. And so now that's an that's another thing on my plate, on my provisional provider plate. Yep. That now is kind of adding to that crisis level. And screens, you know, it's funny that as Next Talk, we're always talking about screens and how it has shifted our role as parents. But it plays a role here too, because the access to seeing the way other people live and Mm -hmm. the options of what you could be doing and comparing yourself is so far greater than it has ever been in history that that creates even more pressure because all the things that you might have been thinking anyway, then you look on your phone and, or you, you know, whatever, your tablet, and it's right in your face constantly on a magnified level. Right. 
there's those e-trade commercials i think that are out there and it's mm-hmm. like don't get mad get even and they highlight like somebody who's like uber successful yeah right it's like right. the 50 something year old guy yeah. who's yeah. you know really muscular partying on the back of a yacht hitting golf balls into the mediterranean ocean and they're mm-hmm. like this is your boss don't hate your boss get even yeah e-trade so it's like feeding into it that midlife it. crisis fuel it's and so it's like true. oh you're right i do need to spend some extra money like investing mm-hmm. wisely and then going you imagine and then you know me mm-hmm. how fanatical i am about like little tiny things about money mm-hmm. you imagine if you gave me like ten thousand dollars on e-trade and instead of like you would me, never sleep i wouldn't <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would never leave it i would be constantly like double checking, checking and it, yes. looking at those i mean i that's why it's better for me to just hand it over look yes you need to take care of this <laughs> goodbye I trust you kind of a thing uh, when it comes to money and investing because it's it's true like I would kind of go a little crazy but I could see that a commercial really works yes it I does. think it does I think it because uh, yes. it the reason why it works is number one we're talking about it now yeah. right we're still I mean it's a commercial that's stuck yep. it's stuck with me yep and as ridiculous as it sounds like I do not want to be a 55 year old guy hitting golf balls into the Mediterranean off the back of my yacht <laughs> I know that's not an option I don't really want to do that um, well, I take that back it'd be nice yeah it'd be kind of it'd nice. be okay it would, I wouldn't I, mind being on the other end just relaxing I wouldn't I wouldn't just complain. watching no I'd be all right with that <laughs> but the, I guess the other reason why it works is because it, it you know I, I think about that sort of thing later on like I yeah. know I'm not that gonna be maybe that get that extreme but again am I doing enough yes right or is it, what can I do differently now you know and at some point maybe there aren't many options left and there's a realization Mm -hmm. that man i don't know if there's anything else i can do Mm -hmm. you know and so not only is there not anything else i can do now i'm just like a complete failure and that spirals quickly yeah that spirals real quickly i I think one more thing i want to point out in this observation of this time in life is that i know for us we have younger kids which is a high demand on energy sleep all of those physical things. It's much more of a physically demanding time for us right when our energy is starting to get lower. And so that's really difficult. But a lot of people, our friends and a lot of people that I know, they're just their kids are like going into teenage years. And so it's much more of a higher emotional demand and hormonal demand. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of statistics out there right now that say that is the highest rate of divorce. And when couples start kind of crumbling because there's menopause, You've got a teenager going through hormonal hormonal changes and midlife crisis for the mom and dad also. And so it's this huge whirlwind and spiral of emotions happening under one roof. And if you don't have open communication and a safe place to figure it out and work through it, it just falls apart Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. It's really, really sad to watch it from a distance as it's happening. Right. So why do we think we have like this midlife crisis? Like, I mean, when I I think about the word crisis, I, I think you can really kind of turn that and make it an awakening. Yeah. So if you could kind of have like a different mindset, maybe like a different perspective mm-hmm. kind of going into it. And I know for guys, especially it's like, it's hard for us to kind of like lose that, that physical like ability mm-hmm. that prowess is gone kind of a thing. Like I, I will not regain my vertical jump. I mean, you just, <laughs> even like professional athletes, it's really sad. Like when you watch like professional basketball players, you know, yes. when they're past their age or, yes. you know, and I'm not like a huge Kobe Bryant fan, but like after he had that Achilles injury and then watching him play like the next year, like it's just hard to watch, yeah. you know, it really is. And you know, when, when oh, I'll go back to like, even when Jordan came back from his like retirement, he was trying to play for the wizards and it was like watching him trying to play basketball. I'm like, Oh man, I really don't want to remember these moments. Yeah. You know, I want to remember Jordan like flying through the air. Yes. I want to see him. Like at his kind of, peak. At his peak. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, and I imagine like, man, it's so hard for me. Imagine how hard it is for like those guys. Yes. So instead of doing that, though, 
you know, where can I take that energy? Where can I take that knowledge? And how can I make it a more of a positive thing? Can I, can I turn that into maybe like I want to start coaching? Do I want to like, you know, start volunteering somewhere mm-hmm. and share like my love for basketball or my love for, you know, weights or those kind of things? Can I share that with somebody else and then experience something better? than what I had personally, like I could actually have, I could experience a collective joy with somebody else, with a group of, of maybe like young kids that, you know, get a chance to like really enjoy it, you know? So go ahead. If you're just now tuning in, this is Next Talk Radio at 2 p.m. on AM 630, The Word. Next Talk Radio is listener supported. Everything we do at our nonprofit to keep kids safe online is accomplished through donations. To support our organization, go to nexttalk.org and click on give. I absolutely love what you're saying here is that taking that concept of a crisis and turning it around into an awakening and an opportunity could change things in such a way that it would be immeasurable. I mean, that's such a great idea that you could feed that and fuel that energy into blessing someone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think that's one of the things that, you know, we can do. And of course, I mean, you think about all the different organizations out there that need coaches that need like, you know, a little bit older guys that have kind of maybe figured some things out. Mm -hmm. They can still show a few things like physically, but Mm -hmm. really they just want to share their love for whatever activity that is working on cars is another great activity. Mm -hmm. You know, you might not be able to, you know, like drive as fast as you used to or, or kind of get behind the wheel and have that same sort of feeling, but you could share that with other people and you're like teaching a trade Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time. Uh, But I do think it's important for us to realize that, you know, that is the norm. I mean, that, that is your new norm as for guys. It's, it's hard pill to swallow, but there's only so many testosterone injections you can get and I mean you cannot go back in time you can maybe slow down some of the aging process but really it's about let's focus on how like where I'm headed and how I could benefit others I want to be real honest here and I love that you're giving a solution because I think that's hard when you're in the middle of it absolutely the solution I want to talk for a minute about being in the middle of it and what that looked like under our roof Mm -hmm. um I know for Charles um He's really dynamic and he is funny and um, engaging and smart and has a lot of energy. And I started noticing all of those things like there was a shadow over it, like fading a little bit. And I was concerned. I thought at first, you know, oh, he's transitioning into a new position or, you know, this or that is happening and it's temporary. And so I was just praying in the background and trying to be supportive. Um, But I started noticing his frustration level and his disconnect from us as a family and as me as a wife, not in a dramatic way, but certainly different. And it started to really worry me. And I was like, okay. And my first reaction, and I know a lot of women, we immediately think, it's me. It's my fault. Oh my gosh, what's going on? And we want to freak out. Same like with our kids, where mm. how we talk about, you know, you've got to, um, you know, put on that parent mask and not freak out when you think something's wrong and take a breath and take a step back and pray before you approach the situation. Same thing. Mm. Like, thankfully, I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, you can't not address this, but don't make it about you. Take a step back, pray, and wait for the right moment. And I remember it vividly, like waiting and waiting. And one night he came in and was sitting at the table, and the kids, all three, were engaged in something and were quiet, which is like a miracle. Never happens. And I was standing there in the kitchen, and I looked over at him, and he just looked depleted sitting at the table. And I sat down, and I was like, something is wrong and we need to talk about it. And by him, you mean me? You. Right, okay. Yeah, you. Oh, you over here, yes. That's the one, right. You're the guy. So, yeah, and I think, you know, it was, 
I don't even know if I really knew what was going on. All I do know is that I just felt like whatever I was doing, like just wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like kind of like the same way. Like I just remember like when I used to go to Costco with the kids, I used to put them in the basket and like just sprint down the aisles <laughs> and like not even care about other people. Well, I did care. I waited for an empty aisle to like, but my kids love that. And now when yeah. I go to Costco or grocery store, I want to get in and out yeah. as quickly as possible. It's like you lose the joy yeah. in everything. Well, because I think my, I was just preoccupied with other things. I'm not even into having fun. Yeah. And then so, and I don't want to be that guy, Yeah. you know, I don't want to be, and I'm, and I'll be honest, like I don't, didn't like, or I don't like that part of me or that person that I was becoming, Yeah, you know, I knew that I was in a funk, Yeah, you know, and I just, I was, I'm happy that we're in a place where you can like, look at me and ask me like, Hey, when you're ready, we need to kind of talk because there's something wrong. Well, and I think that's the biggest point of this whole show that we wanted to share is that, um, in your marriage, we talk about, you know, on, on this show a lot, we've talked about sex, we've talked about finances, we've talked about being wired differently, all these different things. But the bottom line always comes back to being able to be honest and open with your spouse, which is not easy. Mm-hmm. And it takes practice. And this for me was probably one of the biggest moments in our marriage where I felt like that was vital. And I felt like if we were not able to talk about this, that something bad could have happened. Like you really could have continued to spiral downward instead of at least leveling out and starting this upward progression that you're in now. And I know, I th- I think, and you'll have to tell me if you if you agree with this, but I think approaching this with men is different than approaching it with women, just like anything. And I felt like in that moment, if I had cried, if I had been like, I just can't handle you acting this way, made it about me that we would not have had a productive conversation. I felt like we needed to deal with the facts and be really honest and clear about what was happening. Well, I think that's just great because, you know, I'm more solutions oriented anyway. And then if yes. we talked about the feelings that were around it, I don't think we would have gotten much done. And, right. and since this was primarily about me and getting me kind of like fixed, mm-hmm. you know, what are some things that we need to do to kind of like get you right again? Yeah. You know, because it was definitely something going on. And and not to say that I'm completely out of that, right? You know that that funk. I don't think that I'm. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll never be, you know, 100 percent out of it. Um, but at least we were able to kind of like come up with some pretty good options mm-hmm. and some variables. That let, let's just try this. Yeah. You know, let's just try this. Let's start making like. A, I mean, before I didn't have to make a schedule to go and exercise. And eat right. Like, I just did it because, like, I enjoyed it. But because you talked about that exhaustion phase, like, I have to really put, you know, make time and build that into the schedule. Mm -hmm. And I've seen just in the last, like, month or so how much that's improved my well-being. Well, and that was – that conversation – it was really, I felt like it was really Holy Spirit led because I was like, look, you got to exercise. It's not an option. <laughs> yeah. Like you will exercise. I was really straightforward with you because I felt like you were at that point that you just needed to hear truth. And you, you were saying the same thing. You're like, you're right. I do need, I, w- you have to have time alone. And we're like, we're going to build in time for you to go fishing. Like you need to do it. You I still just, need to go fishing. You still need to go fishing. I still need to do that part. And then it was like just the, the other side of making it okay if that wasn't working. I was like, look, if we need to go to counseling, we're going to counseling. And that was huge for you. And I know that that's, you know, that we've come a long way in our marriage as far as like you not taking it personal. Yeah. Like it's not about you. And right. I and I was trying to tell you 100%. And you, the fact that you believed me when I said it, yeah. I think was really important. And that's just like mm-hmm. a sign of, I think, growth in our own marriage. Yeah. Is uh, before I might have been a little too cautious to even say anything because I know Kim's going to be like, oh. She's going to internalize this. She's going to make it like it's her fault. And mm-hmm. then I'm going to have to fix her so and then me uh, kind of a thing. And so the fact that you were able to recognize that it was me 
that needed to get, you know, fixed. Mm -hmm. And then you were kind of just like, yeah, let's just get this done. I mean, you need to really kind of focus on yourself. What what are some things like stop taking on all this burden, stop taking on all this, you know, extra stuff, Mm -hmm. stop dealing with this crisis alone. Let's figure it out. Let's kind of, let's, let's try some things. And the fact, and that put a little bit more on your plate too. Which, you know, that's marriage. And I think that was kind of our conclusion was, you know, we're in this together. We're going to fight for it. We're going to fight for our family. We're going to fight for you. And whatever that looks like, that's what we're going to do. And I was also very clear about the scary side of what this looks like. You know, suicide is really high at this age. And Mm. I was like, it is not an option for you to leave. We're going to fight for this. And it is not an option for you to take your life. Like, you can't. Well, that was never something that we talked about, just, yeah. you know, for no, the record. That, yeah, yeah the take your life apart. <laughs> right. No, that, that was on my mind. Right. And that is something that we have talked about since, that it is a growing trend for middle-aged guys, especially. Mm. They feel like they don't have any place to talk, and they don't have any place to go. And that feels like they're stuck. Yeah, and you or never they're failures. Be, or right. they're failures, yeah. Right. And you never, when you start feeling completely stuck and, like, there's no options, it's not good. Right. So it's going to look a little bit different for women, you know, uh, really quickly. I was struggling just like a few weeks ago with some things and overwhelmed and super emotional. And Charles walked in and was just like, listen, you're not alone. We're in this together. We can change this together. We're a team. We'll come up with strategies for you. And it was much more emotional, gentle, sweet approach than I had with you. I was just like, here's what it is. Mm-hmm. And you just let me cry it out and all of that. And you're like, he, this is what's true. You're a great mom. You're doing you're doing great things with Next Talk. Like it was really kind and encouraging. And that helped me step out of that moment and move forward. And so, yes, it happens to women too. And it is a cycle that comes and goes for both of us. Um, but the key is being able to talk about it mm-hmm. and being on the same page. Right. And it's a continual talk. It's a continual talk, right. just like everything here at Next Talk. It's not a one and it's done. It's not a one and it's done. It's a continual talk. Right. And Matt and Mandy are going to share a little bit more about what that looks like in their marriage too. Great. Thanks for joining us on Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim on AM630, The Word. You are not alone trying to figure out how to parent in this digital world. We are here with practical solutions to help you. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find our free video series and podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk?